0: Filled with teaching, truths, and issues that matter. Bernie Diamonds, a different perspective. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. God has a plan for your life, for my life, and for the life of every person who puts their trust in Jesus. And a big part of that plan is to fill us with his spirit. Well, okay, great plan, God, great theory, but have a look at all the stuff that's going on in our lives. Does that plan actually work? (music) Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to open God's word together to discover the sheer wonder of his plan. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be sharing something truly special with you to help you live in victory on those days when the daily grind of life just seems to be grinding away at you more than it should be. The encouraging things God has ever said to me in his word, the Bible, the most powerful thing, I think, is that he's not surprised or perturbed or put off his purposes for me one little bit because of my sin. I mean, he doesn't like it. He doesn't want it to be the norm in my life, but it's no surprise to him. How do I know that? Well, simple. The Apostle Paul writes that very thing in the book of Romans beginning at Romans chapter 7, verse 22. Paul says of himself, Look, I delight in the law of God in my innermost self, but I see in my members another law, at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who's going to rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh I am a slave to the law of of sin. And and this is from a man who wrote almost half the books in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle. And you know what Paul was going through is exactly the same thing that you and I go through. There's a war going on between our flesh, the original Greek word for flesh is carne, from which we get carnal, right? And the work of the Spirit in us. And that battle can get us so down it seems some days as though we're never going to win the battle. But Jesus has already won. Who's going to save this wretch from this body of sin and death, asks Paul. Thanks be to God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's the fantastic news I want to share with you today. Are you ready for it? One of the things I don't hear much chatter about in Christian circles is this reality of the battle that's raging within us between the flesh and the spirit. And when I finally go to be with the Lord, I want to find Paul... And thank him for being so direct and honest and real about this reality in his life. He tells us here in Romans chapter 7 that he knows the right things to do. I mean, he wants to do them, he just can't seem to do them. That's the problem. Not that he doesn't know, not that he doesn't want to, but that he just can't. And our mate Paul wasn't some wuss, he was no airy fairy weakling. Paul was tough as nails when he had to be. He was driven, he was focused, he was an achiever, he poured out his life for the gospel, and even he had this very same problem. Can I go on record and say, I have this very same problem happening in me, and I know, I know absolutely that you have the same thing going on in you. That's why church is never perfect, because it's full of people like you and me People who are growing and improving and changing, but people who are nevertheless a lot like Paul. And his answer to everything is the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. I'm going to share with you now what he goes on to say about how to win this battle that rages between the flesh and the spirit, because the answer has everything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Are you ready to settle down and join me for this wonderful passage, Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 1? He comes straight off the back of this problem that he's talking about and says, look, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from this law of sin and death. Because God's done what the law, weakened by our flesh, simply couldn't do. By sending Jesus his son in the likeness of our sinful flesh to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. "'so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, "'who walk not according to the flesh anymore, but according to the Spirit. "'For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. "'But those of us who live according to the Spirit, "'we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. "'To set the mind on the flesh, frankly, is death. "'But to set our minds on the Spirit, that's life and peace. "'It's for this reason that the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God.' It doesn't submit to God's law, indeed it can't. And those who are in the flesh simply can't please God. But you aren't in the flesh. You're in the Spirit, because the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who doesn't have the Spirit of Christ in them doesn't belong to God. But if Christ is in you, though the body might be dead because of our sin, the Spirit is life because of God's righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we're debtors not to our flesh to live according to the desires of our flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. I love this. Because what it's saying is, look, boys and girls, I don't care how bad things are, God's not going to condemn you if you put your trust in Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your slate has been wiped clean, and that's the starting point of your relationship with God. But now we have to deal with this battle that everybody has between the desires of the flesh and the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And the way we do that is by sorting out what we really want. Do you really want to follow the nasty desires of your humanity? Greed, anger, sexual immorality, hatred, selfishness. Is that what you really want for your life? And if it is, then set your mind on that, and that's what you're going to get. If that's what you set your heart on, friend, it's going to kill you. But if you set your mind and your heart and your desires and your focus and your attention on the Holy Spirit, that's going to bring you life. Your body may well be dead in sin, but set your heart and your desires on Christ and you'll have life. Seems to me that whatever we set our hearts on, whatever we turn over and over in our minds, it's what we end up living. Set your heart and your mind on the Spirit of God and you'll end up walking in the Spirit. Elsewhere in writing to his friends at Philippi, Paul puts it this way, really powerful. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. He says, look, finally, beloved, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just and pure, whatever's pleasing, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, our thoughts are where our actions come from. And that's something effectively that you and I already know. I'm in the process at the moment of shedding a few kilos of weight and oftentimes I would just love not to go out for a walk after work and miss out on that calorie-burning exercise. And oftentimes I think, gee, look at that piece of cake. That would be nice for morning tea. You know what keeps me on track? I keep thinking about what it will be like when I reach my target weight. God's already given us his Holy Spirit to each person who's put their trust in Jesus. We already have the Spirit of God. We have the power. What God's calling us to do here is to turn that over and over in our minds, to keep focused on that, to keep thinking about how wonderful it will be when we finally overcome our anger or overcome our selfishness or whatever, whatever it is that's plaguing our lives. If there's anything commendable or excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And the result of that is is that we'll end up doing the things that we've learned and received and heard from God. Thinking comes before walking. And so when it comes to walking in the Spirit and seeing the power and the blessings of that walk flow out into our lives, all we need to do is to set our hearts and minds and desires on the Holy Spirit and discover that by doing that we engage His power, the power to do the things that in our own strength we simply could never do. That's good news, hey? I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone, just as the Spirit leads. Perhaps... Even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, What word of encouragement could I give to you today? So if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power unlimited. Thousands of people already have, and the most common response oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message, and I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org Okay, let's head straight back Into the Word of God. One of the greatest blessings in my life were my parents. Now, no one's parents are perfect, and I know that there's a small percentage of them who are absolutely horrendous. But what I got from my parents as I grew up in the Diamond family in a small but comfortable home just south of Sydney in Australia was safety and security and nurture. And I try to imagine sometimes what it would be like to be a child growing up in fear, afraid of being beaten, afraid of being abused, afraid because they're completely alone. Sadly, many, many children grow up like that. Their parents have died or they live in poverty completely alone. I can't imagine what it must be like to live in fear as a child at a time when you're weak and vulnerable and defenceless. There's something precious about belonging to a family. We're made to need that sense of belonging, and frankly, we are not made to live in fear. Over these last few weeks, we've been chatting about walking in the Spirit, living our lives, our journey in the presence and the comfort and the guidance and the nurture and the blessing of God himself, because his Spirit dwells in us. God himself dwelling in us. And today we're going to finish off by looking at the powerful sense of family and belonging that comes through walking in the Spirit. Before the break we were chatting about how to walk in the Spirit, laying hold of the Spirit rather than the desires of our flesh in our day-to-day walk. And it comes down to this one simple thing, according to God's Word, those who live according to the flesh set their minds On the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. It's for this reason the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, doesn't submit to God's law, indeed it can't, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It's about where we set our minds and, and what we desire in our hearts. It's a powerful thing Because when we set our hearts and minds on God, on the Holy Spirit, it's like putting a car into gear and letting out the clutch. By faith, we're engaging the power of the Spirit. And there are two other things that the Apostle Paul has to say about walking in the Spirit. The first first of those has to do with family, belonging to God's family. You've got a Bible open at Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. See, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. When we cry out, Abba, Father, it's that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are in fact children of God. And if children, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ, since we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. the spirit of God in us witnesses the truth to us that we've been adopted into God's family. When we give the Holy Spirit full sway in our hearts, through him we know that we know that we know that we know that we are children of God, precious in his sight. And here's the thing about being a child. What happens whether we live with our natural parents or whether we've been adopted into a family is that we take on many of the traits and the mannerisms of our parents. You may have heard me tell this story before, but I remember the first time I saw myself interviewed on television. I was completely gobsmacked at how much I was like my father. The mannerisms, the way I spoke, it just completely blew me away. How could this be? Well, because he's my dad. And some of the things I'd inherited genetically from him and others without ever realising, I'd learned by mimicking him over the years. It was an absolute revelation to me. As we come to the realisation that God is our Father, that you and I are his children, I have to tell you, exactly the same thing happens. We start looking like him and sounding like him and thinking like him and loving like him and sacrificing like him, right? And that's what's meant to happen. Being a child of God takes the fear away from our lives, the fear of being alone, the fear of not belonging, because when we're adopted back into God's family, which is actually where we were always meant to be in the first place, We know the blessedness of having God as our Father. And when we cry out to him, Father, Abba, Dad, right then and there the Holy Spirit tells us that we are his kids. But secondly, children aren't just children. Children are heirs. And in this case, we are co-heirs with Christ When we put our faith in him. In other words, walking in the Spirit gives us the certainty that we have a destiny, an eternal destiny. Let's go on and read the second part, beginning at Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Paul goes on to write, he says, Look, if we're children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, since we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. And I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us, for the creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation has been subjected to this futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning like like in labour pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for this adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. So Paul's saying, look, indeed there's going to be suffering. Jesus suffered. We certainly will. But because the Holy Spirit is in us every moment of every day, We know that we have a destiny, an eternal destiny. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil because God is with us. And he's witnessing to us that we have a future, not just here on this earth, but a future with him for all eternity. One day this world as we know it will cease to exist. One day you and I will no longer be alive on this planet And when either of those two eventualities takes place, whichever one happens to come first, we will spend the rest of eternity with God if we've placed our faith in Jesus today. We'll be there with Jesus. So the suffering we're travelling through simply doesn't compare to the glory of our eternity with God. Anyone who walks in the Spirit as the days and the weeks and the years pass by knows that more and more in their hearts because the Spirit of God speaks it to us in a way that it becomes a part of us. Friend, walking in the Spirit is about experiencing the presence and the power and the promises of God. Let me say that again. Walking in the Spirit is about experiencing the presence and the power and the promises of God. And that happens when we yield our lives to Jesus and set our hearts and our minds and our hopes and our dreams and our passions and our desires on the things of God, the things of the Spirit, rather than the things of this world. And and a huge part of that is setting our hearts on the destiny we have because of Jesus. And all of a sudden, and many of you figured this out way, way before I ever did, then all of a sudden we get the things of this world into perspective the pleasures and the pains, the triumphs and the trials. We, We walk through each and every experience with power and peace focused on the end game, focused on the reality that we are saved in Jesus Christ. We are here to do his work. We are here to sacrifice our lives for him. And one day... We will be there with him for all eternity to worship him and to rejoice with him in his glory. Friend, that is God's plan. Nothing more, nothing less for those who choose to walk in the Spirit. Hey, that's quite a plan, isn't it? I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is so powerful. Powerful. He's the one who empowers us to become all that God created us to be, to walk in the promises that God's made into our lives. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest booklet, Promises You Can Depend On. It has life application questions at the end of each chapter so that you'll be able to chew things over to really apply God's word right into the realities of your life. Because God's Word, man, it's alive and it's active. Amen? So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will help you lay hold of the powerful promises of God through this booklet. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Right, let's head back into God's Word. So let me ask you, this fantastic stuff we've been talking about, not just today but over the last few weeks on the program, is it just all too much to believe? Do you look around sometimes and think, yeah, well, maybe for that preacher on the radio, maybe that stuff's happening in that guy's life, but mine, holy good night. If you're thinking that right now, you wouldn't be alone. And from time to time, to tell you the honest truth, it's how I feel too. You see, things happen in your life, and you think to yourself, is God really in this place? Well, seems the Holy Spirit knew exactly what you and I would be thinking, when he had Paul pen Romans chapter 8. Have a listen with me. Just just let the wonder of God's word melt into your heart. Listen as though he had Paul write this for you, because you know what? He actually did. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 18. Paul says, "'Look, the sufferings of this present time "'aren't worth comparing "'with the glory about to reveal to us. "'For in hope we were saved, "'and hope that is seen isn't hope, "'for who hopes for what they can see?' But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. So the Spirit helps us in our weakness, because we don't know how to pray as we should, but the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words, and God who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, and for those who are called according to his purpose. What then should we say about these things? If God's for us, who can possibly be against us? Who would separate us from the love of Christ? Will, will hardship or distress or persecution or, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, look, I'm convinced that neither death or life or angels or rulers, anything in the present, anything in the future... No power, no height, no depth, nothing else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's God saying? He's telling it just the way it is. There will be suffering and pain and all that stuff, but right here in the middle of this, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Right here in the middle of this mess, God himself is working things out together for good, working things out for his glory. And this Apostle Paul, who went through all of the things he lists here, all of them, hardship, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, has experienced the presence of God, the very Spirit of God, right there with him in the middle of all that stuff. And as a result, because of that experience, he is convinced absolutely nothing, not death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, things in the present, things to come, powers, height, depth, nothing in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Friend, this is what it means to be filled to overflowing in the wondrous Spirit of God. It's what it means to be baptized in the Spirit, drenched in the Spirit, drowned and changed and transformed in the Spirit to live life, all of life, all of the ups and downs, two steps forward, three steps back, in the certain knowledge God is here in this place with us. God's Spirit is at work in us, changing us, cleaning us, pruning us, growing us. Hallelujah. Friend, it takes power to live as Christ. It takes power to forgive as Christ forgave those who crucified him. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing as they gambled over the very clothes on his back. And it takes that very same power, the power of the cross, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that is alive and and effective in you and me as we yield our lives to Jesus, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus promised. Isn't that what you want for your life? Well, in Christ, it's yours. This Christianity Works program is sharing the So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today, securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on one 722 415 Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.